0: On last week's Irrevelations.
1: Zedekiah is the one that was captured and taken to
0: Babylon. And he had his eyes poked out, right? And
1: had his eyes poked out, yeah.
0: After his kids were murdered in front of him. F*** around and find out. It's like it's like laundering dirty money except incest.
1: Why are you doing this, Judah? And he's like, because your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather f***ed your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's whore wife.
0: They came from Shem, Shemites, Semites, get it.
1: T- tell your friends this is the only ep they got to listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you like... just listen
0: to this one, you'll know the whole fucking Bible, basically. Before we turn to the word, I would like to can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed I don't feel good about
1: myself. they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe
0: in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God, I am America. That's in the-
1: The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics.
0: Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. No, but she she was not an integral part of that case by any means, as far as I can tell. (laughs) And uh, they did a no-knock warrant, which are now illegal, I guess, in Kentucky.
1: Should be. I mean, stupid.
0: Yeah. There's but, so, I mean, unless you're literally dealing with, like, the leader of ISIS, I don't... <laughs> like, wh- how, why do you need a no-knock raid on some uh, EMT whose, who's, like, ex-boyfriend deals weed? The <laughs>
1: like- only, yeah, the only way we could possibly safely interview a woman loosely related to a drug dealer is to show up in the middle of the night guns drawn. That's, yeah. that's the only way to handle that situation.
0: Um, the thing that's really fucked up is not only... So, the, way, the did you see that the day that they decided not to charge the cops for it? Well, they right. did charge one cop, but only for shooting into the neighbor's house. Right. No charges about killing her. Right. Only only because they could have endangered the white neighbors.
1: Yeah, you might have killed a white person, <laughs> sir. Yeah. And, and you'll and have to live with they, that for the rest
0: of your life. <laughs> not, not only did they do that, but they did it on, like, the anniversary day of I mean, Emmett Till's I mean, murderers I mean, being acquitted, right. which is Perfect. insane. Perfect. Like, Come on. God's just... The racist God is just winking.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on our mutual youth pastor's Facebook page.
0: Oh, and, good.
1: <laughs> and God bless his little heart, or oversized elephantitis-sized heart. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, his litty sized heart uh, because he, he does post things like oh you know this is something to highlight about Black Lives Matter and we should be making more of an effort to pursue justice and the amount of people who are talking to a pastor as a Christian as if he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about from the point of view of a Christian take that for whatever it is yeah, the yeah. people will be like uh, excuse you Mr. Pastor but obviously Jesus Christ would have taken the uh, position of supporting the police state for yeah. uh, he's, he's wrongfully a murdering theologian. somebody.
0: Yeah. This guy went to fucking seminary, and just his, you know, his one failing is that an evangelical is that he actually like cares about people. I think yeah,
1: that's your failing, big <laughs> that's guy. A huge, uh, because like that. the amount of people that are like, oh, they're saying it's racist because they were serving a warrant, and uh, the boyfriend shouldn't have fought back when people bust into oh his house in the middle of the night. Not the way that I would fight. The fact that George Zimmerman. Tracking someone down and then being like, well, he had to defend himself. That's your right. What about this guy defend himself? Well, don't do that.
0: (laughs) Don't defend yourself against cops that are breaking into your home. It depends.
1: What color are the two people? Because that decides who gets to defend from what.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, There's a whole hierarchy, too. You know, it's not just. I I,
1: I love I love the bullshit. Like they're like, oh, like pretending that. Oh, well, this is a good debate. And I'm glad we're having a conversation. But uh, but have you thought about Candace Owen? She doesn't sugarcoat things. Like God, God. you're such fucking trash. The lot of you, you know,
0: or uh, or or just
1: this general from our from our Northwest Florida shithead pack of people, you know. The the like, hey, have you seen this YouTube video about how social justice isn't justice? Kind of makes you think black people are deserved it. I'm like, yeah, you got me. Oh yeah, this is totally (sighs) fucking dumb. Yeah, if
0: I see one more PragerU video posted by a friend of ours, (laughs) I'm going on an actual.
1: (laughs) 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 That's a that's a fucking promise. <laughs>
0: oh boy. You know who I hate more than uh the people that we grew up with though. Sure. It it's inexplicable little wedge of the population that's it, Catholic weebs. <laughs> you,
1: I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There is a uh, I have you know obviously I'm a big fan of uh, observing Catholics from a distance. Um <laughs> as an atheist, there's no you know it's not like a Protestant Catholic thing it's just a normal atheist. Like Catholics are the weirdest Christians. Yes, um, but uh, what are the ones? That, what are the what are the weird cultural phenomenons? In my opinion, that I, that I think we both noticed is traditional Catholic Catholics and Weeb culture, yeah. like this weird being like we have Deus Volt also anime and cat it's girls.
0: fascinating because it's all very fetishy to me. Right, like they're not. I don't even think they're into like God, but it's <laughs> like this idea of like having. Oh, this I made the Sistine Chapel. This is—it's very racist. Let's be clear for <laughs> one thing. It's very Western culture dom is dominant type bullshit. Like usually, right. it's weird how when you get that Venn diagram, there's kind of a third bubble too that's like just being a Nazi. That right. kind of is right. like creeping in. Um, there, there, but, there uh, is
1: a there is a three way Venn diagram that is white supremacy, Nazism, traditional Catholic values. And love of anime, cat girls, manga, and general weeb culture, and where yes. they meet is sickening. Please. It's the worst
0: place Great. on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one of it's like uh, a job that pays you a lot, a jo- you know something that you're good at and something you love doing. You know,
1: it's like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> if you can find if bike. you can find where they meet, Because um, yeah. yeah, the guy's like, yeah, we must take back the holy land. Ooh, ooh here's me in my furry <laughs> suit. I'm like, what is what? And there's so many of them, and there's such a weird but one of my favorite things of it's course awful
0: it's so but awful
1: if you if you follow us on twitter we've been getting into it a couple of
0: those which, yeah and what else- on
1: the podcast? is that ever going to happen
0: again yeah i'm trying uh i'm definitely work that's the next angle i want to get is a, is a weirdo like that yeah um, cuz the other guy was the unget was too level we need we need some fucking lunacy you know uh, yeah someone, i i going to swing for the fences
1: yeah, uh, there, there was one thing that uh, just uh, speaking of like lunacy, that's disgusting or whatever, and, and wishing it was better. Um, <laughs> I don't know what got me. Uh, uh, Missy, uh, who cares deeply about social issues, which is why we fight all the time, is because
0: uh, uh, you don't care about anything. Care but about,
1: yeah, but uh, was making me watch this video uh and i I, we should tweet it because it is amazing there there are certain things like that that to me are just amazing but it was a pbs special from the point of view of white people who don't realize the video is critical of them okay (laughs) okay what happened was is that there was a neighborhood where it was kind of like poor whites right used to be nice the neighborhood started to go downhill the property values got low enough that up and coming black people could start buying up property and moving into the neighborhood in the sure. 1960s
0: oh so then and, you get white flight all that shit
1: well you get more like white something supremacy terror, <laughs> terror <laughs> okay. white terror got you, got you. Uh, and somebody threw a pipe bomb into the home of a black family
0: okay and
1: uh, an investigation happened the people that got caught they found the people that did it they got acquitted by their peers no way uh, like, oh, i can't believe it um uh, and then PBS came in and started interviewing the white people like, hey, what's your perspective on this? What's that? And the amount of just absolutely subtle, I'm not racist, but and how they all paint themselves as the victim by the fact that black people exist. Yes, You know, like I worked hard for it. Now they're going to come and take away my whole way of life. I'm like, I don't understand by.
0: What is your way of life?
1: What are they taking from you? <laughs> well, they
0: by make existing. me look at them.
1: Yeah, they exist. So <laughs> yeah, th- just Jesus that kind Christ. of and you and you see it a lot and I've been seeing it a lot in kind of people's reaction to BLM and stuff like that. This idea that just because someone exists that you have you can't really square the circle of why you hate them and feel the need to be so aggressive towards them unless yeah. you can somehow paint yourself as a victim in a fight for your life and 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 the same argument is like, well, you know, whites don't have any rights anymore. And the government's taken all our power you know and, and, and no one cares about us and black people are the most privileged people in America and and it, it, it's all from their point of view you don't interview a single black person you just there's a bunch of white people who be like I just don't like them and I you know <laughs> I like my way of life and I don't and, they, and obviously they don't think themselves as being racist they're just like no no I'm not just, at all I'm just, just protecting myself from having to look at black people yeah so that's well, why I, it's I, like that's this why separate, I shoot but... at them from a distance every time I see one.
0: It's like the separate but equal doctrine that we've we're kind of under for a long time, right?
1: Right. But I, I, I thought it was a I, I actually could not stand watching it. It was so uncomfortable just the degree of just just oh well you know i just uh you know i i i feel like i have to defend myself i feel like i have to defend myself they're moving in they're taking away everything i own you know i worked hard my grandpa worked hard and now they're coming in and destroying our way of life and i was like i don't so that's why i have to kill them
0: <laughs> God, know, that's why this, we have
1: to band up together it's just so uncomfortably racist
0: i don't want to be racist myself but this guy irish
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't know i didn't i just heard i didn't watch but uh i'll see it was just it was just the interviews is what i was listening to it it was so but it, it it's crazy how some things never change do they
0: some things never change yeah
1: and and not to just recap shit that happened a long time ago as if it's new but uh welcome oh, to the revelations <laughs> podcast
0: that's all we do baby it's At our, our bread wheelhouse and butter i'm grant Devoist.
1: i'm cold Olesky.
0: And we are uh, on episode 105? Yeah, I'm nodding okay. my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 105. <laughs> we are just going right along, trying to knock out as much of uh, Chronicles as we can for you guys, because we don't want to be here, right? No I think we does. learned that last week. I
1: think that's the millennial vibe, is that I don't think anyone wants to be here.
0: No. no. Yeah. Gonna kill myself. Um, <laughs> now... <laughs> We're picking up this week in chapter 11 of First Chronicles. Um, If you remember, last week was basically everything from Adam up until David. So we covered a fuckload of ground. Basically, I don't know, what, 90% of what we've read so far.
1: What's odd was is that from Adam to David, we covered genealogy, but not really, um, like, the actual history. Events. We didn't cover any events. You sure. Know? Whereas sure. this kind of marks a transition. This episode is going to be like eighty percent events and like twenty percent genealogy.
0: So yeah, we were moving through uh, generations like every other verse last week. This week we're slowing down. We're focusing just on David this entire episode and probably into the next. Right. Um, and it's yeah, it's kind of stupid because we just finished reading about David in Second Samuel. We know his whole goddamn story. Now we're going to read like a spark notes version of it for you, basically. It's, but it's a little too in depth to be spark notes. Still, it's kind of it, annoying.
1: It's, it's weird.
0: Cause it, I, you would almost ask yourself who gives a shit. Why
1: is this in the Bible? There's so much that we're reading now where it's like, okay, I, I understand that these books are essentially written by different authors. Yeah. So like, for instance, if you and I are any modern perspective, I just would have, when I was writing the story of David, I would have taken all these facts and woven them into the story as opposed to having one guy tell the story and then having another guy tell the story. And then I'm assuming – you know, and then now we're like in almost the third telling of the story. It
0: doesn't – You are going to hate the start of the New Testament. That's literally what it is. (laughs) The books Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are each of those guys – the guys named by the books telling the story of Jesus just from different angles. So buckle up.
1: Yeah. Like we should write a new Bible – uh, that's just as if, uh, like, we'll, we'll contract we just melt Stephen them all King. Together. Yeah, we'll just melt them all together as if it was like, and then John saw this, and then Luke saw this. And that's that one event. We don't need to come back to it eight different times.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But So Absolutely. it doesn't make sense to me necessarily, but... Uh, we are now starting the story of David. Felt I don't know why the Council of Trent felt the need to keep this shit in there, but they did, so... Idiots. Well, I guess, technically, the Council of Trent's different. <laughs> They're more New Testament uh, The Council of Nicaea
0: but, or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, somebody did it.
1: All right, so back into it. Um, starting with uh, Chapter 10, 1 Chronicles 10. Uh, so it, I know we said this is going to be mostly about David, and it pretty much is. We start with Saul. We have to acknowledge the elephant room, but only really from the point of view of David. Hey, by the way, there was a guy named Saul. He fought with some Philistines. He sucked. And yeah. him and all his sons were butchered and murdered, and he got killed by some archers. And then they cut off his head and took his armor, and then some boys found about it and then rescued his corpse, which great.
0: Yeah, and interestingly, uh, Saul got, kind of got a little bit in that last episode that we did because it went through his genealogy seems kind of dumb though considering what's about to happen to his genealogy but yeah i mean we talked I, about him
1: yeah chapter 10 we're, we're just kind of blown through it chapter 10 is like hey this is the story of Saul, but it's a very spark notes just to kind of like yeah there was a king before david he was saul we're not gonna uh acknowledge that god makes mistakes or fucked up with saul or no. poisoned his brain and made him crazy because yeah when you think about what Saul's iniquities are, and 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 kind of when you read David, I, when you read the story of David initially, it's so in depth and long and sprawling and rambling that I kind of might have missed the motifs sure. that these chapters fix on. And I think one of the key differences between Saul and David that the Bible's trying to make right now is Saul um, did not trust in God. You know, he kind of had God's favor and believed in him. But uh, he got paranoid and jumped the gun a few too many times. Uh, yes,
0: which like, David also did. But we'll ignore d- that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I you know, to, to to kind of sum up Saul and to get into him real quick was that there was an instance where he was worried about the outcome of a battle, so he sought the help of a medium. You know, and yes. the other thing was is that he was he didn't trust God to send the prophet in time. So or Samuel. Um, yeah. So he burned an offering when he wasn't supposed to, you know. But we're, so basically, the iniquities of Saul is that he would get paranoid and antsy and be like, "Is God coming? Is God coming? I don't know, man. Let's just let's just let's just do it ourselves, you know, without waiting for sure. God. Without mentioning the fact that Saul was a paranoid motherfucker because God ruined his brain and made yes. him that way. God sent, like, a
0: demon to live inside of his head and just make him worried and depressed. And
1: make him worried and depressed. So I wonder why a man who's constantly worried and depressed because God is torturing him, uh, but still is like, please, God, I know I need you, is, like, trying to figure that shit out, even though God has abandoned him. And then getting angry at him, like, hey, I abandoned you. Why are you going to other help? Yeah.
0: This man, again, was chosen by God against his will because God swore up and down that this was the king they needed, was Mm -hmm. then assaulted by God psychically. Mm-hmm. Full-on psychic vampire attacks on Saul his entire life, and then still tried to do his best for the people, but came up short, so we're just going to scrub him and every inch of his line- lineage from the history books, basically. It's great yeah, stuff.
1: It's like you have a kid, and all you do is call him names and say he's a piece of shit and yell at him and hit him, and then like he grows up and like, why are you so timid? Why don't you ever come out of your shell? And you're like, oh. What do you think was going to happen? Who knows? Happen? I'm going to execute. It's a mystery. That's a mystery. <laughs> Why are you executing me? Uh, but yeah, that's Saul's big, big fuck up, you know.
0: Which now all chapter ten actually covers, and I'll give you the subtitle of the chapter: Saul takes his life. So <laughs> basically, we're just going to talk about Saul killing himself. If you don't remember, he tried to make his like armor bearer kill him, right. but the guy was a total wuss and wouldn't do it. So Saul had to kill himself. And then his armor bearer finally finds his guts and kills himself. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Shakespearean. Right. Yeah,
1: Saul was injured by arrows. knew he couldn't escape. Decided to uh, take the hero's way out and not let himself be captured and have his eyes plucked out by a bunch of filthy Philistines.
0: That's right. But I'm sure they did anyway. Oh yeah, I would
1: have. I would have raped that corpse.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, so what else? Yeah, we talk about Saul a little bit. We talk about what happened after Saul died. So he kills himself. The Philistines come in and just wreck the fucking shop, right? They, they're they putting in shrines to Dagon. They're fucking – or rather, they took his body to the shrine of Dagon. But they're just – they fuck up Jerusalem. It's no longer uh, held by the Jews. Right?
1: Yeah, the, the, the theme of 10 is a part – like the ending is that Saul – was a king he wasn't a good enough king he tried to fight the philistines he ended up getting his ass handed to him and his death has reverberations of fear in his people so that they flee and the philistines just set up shop in the cities that the israelites flee
0: yes and that's
1: how that's where we end at 10 as we work our way into 11 like oh things are really bad for israel i wonder who turns it around
0: yes is there some hot young younger better king that we might find out in the desert and funnily enough it starts with david it completely
1: skips his life of banditry his uh, i mean it also skips goliath it it does skip well it it, skips
0: it but then it goes back to it later as well so it's
1: so 11 starts with david like already setting up shop in hebron he has essentially left his um exile with the philistines which was yeah. of the funny. you know. We, he was we, their pal. It's like, it's like as if, uh, it, it'd be like, if, um, like George Bush Jr. was living with Saddam Hussein. And then he's yeah. like, and then Clinton, uh, leaves office. He's like, time for me to shine, baby. I'm coming
0: <laughs> home. It is a lot like that. Um, it was weird that he was kind of a fair-weather friend of the Philistines. We, we stressed out a lot about that when we were uh, reading it initially in Second Samuel. First
1: somehow Samuel, Chronicles completely skips over that, and it just starts yeah. with David just in Israel being like, Hey, guys, who wants to make Israel great again?
0: That's right. So he's up in Hebron, which was like his temporary capital while Saul and his ilk still ruled. And uh, chapter 11 basically runs straight into um, David conquering Jerusalem, taking it back from the Jebusites. Um, so that was the funny scene. You may remember the Jebusites were like, wow, yeah, you, uh, there's no way that David could take us over. He couldn't even fight a bunch of deaf and blind guys. <laughs> and then He took it over and out, yeah. basically shamed them for the rest of their lives. Um, pretty brutal. Uh, and, and then it gets into his warriors. Now, David famously had like a retinue of these. I guess uh, foreigners, right? He liked to keep an exotic bodyguard setup. Were they foreigners? I know. So my
1: understanding of it was, and then yeah, correct me when I when I'm finished here. But my understanding was is that we make mention of his thirty valiant men. You know yes. that David had thirty valiant men who aren't really mentioned originally. There's a few we we know about, um,
0: like Uriah.
1: Uriah. We know about uh, Joab. We know about Amasa. We we know we probably know about ten of them, and then yeah. and then there was a couple that were mentioned. Like oh, there was a guy that you know killed two lions, and then a guy that was like a lion. You're like cool, you know, like these little. They're, they're not really mentioned in depth, and then for some reason now we're getting back into them. You know,
0: yeah, it's more of like a, yeah, it's like the the, the background on his uh, entourage. I guess yeah, a way it. But it's it.
1: kind of got this like Ocean's Eleven getting the crew back together kind of vibe, you know? It
0: does. It has these stupid feats that it goes into. So first off, you have to know, David had like a, I guess his inner circle was like these 30 warriors. But then they had the mighty three warriors who were like the inner inner circle. But then those three guys had one guy who was like chief among them. Um, It's very complicated, but basically it introduces. Bot- his
1: bottom bitch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got my stable
1: of valiant men, but there's the one that's the best.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny, because he also had a stable of women um, (laughs) that he raped. Okay, so, first off, it introduces us to uh, his chief officers of of the three. So, one of them is uh, Jess Shobeam, who's a Hecmonite. So, again, I think these guys are all foreigners, because Hecmonite is not i mean Jewish. to be
1: fair david has spent a lot of time abroad
0: yeah exactly so. so i think he was collecting like scamps as he went around um so this guy famously uh raised his spear against 300 men alone and killed them in one encounter so basically if the persians has had him the whole greek situation would have been a lot easier this guy wiped out 300 like no problem should have brought some um, jews along yeah he should have and he owned them too Yeah, so he could have you think about he it
1: probably was just racist Anti-semite. yeah it was never never uh, so, be an anti-semite when it comes to killing people
0: do not uh only hitler up, had thought got, of that okay just are you done with the joke <laughs> can i keep going with the bible yeah yeah. yeah. okay so well, uh reason you also this. had you also had dodai <laughs> the achachite these okay most of these words that it has have to be made up right looking ahead you've got pelonites you've got Anathoths, Hushathites, Parathonites. You've got Shalbanites, Baharumites. These are made up, right? These yeah, are real for people. for sure. I don't believe any of it. Do uh, you think any of them
1: are? They could be. Do. I don't know. But again, you know, as I just mentioned, Benaiah, he killed two lion-like heroes of Moab, and then also a lion. he like, eh, probably could have just said the part about where he killed a lion. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I I don't know. It tries to tell us that there's these three guys that are at the top of the 30, but it only names two of them, right? Am I crazy?
1: No, you're 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 not wrong. He's like, and then he had three mighty guys. Number one, this dude. Number two, this dude. Next
0: and chapter, and then just trails off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then it talks about um, Abishai, who is Joab's brother, and how he was kind of in charge of the three top guys, but wasn't one of them. So it's like, I don't. The way that these guys do numbers sucks. Like. <sighs> i don't know we mentioned
1: Asahel, Joab, and uh is it adonash i can't remember where that name is uh asahel was the one that was murdered
0: oh abishai abishai yeah 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 yeah. because abishai was asahel's brother and Joab's brother i
1: I wonder i this would make sense and i assume that there are like tales and like fables involving these guys on like little adventures that yeah, would like make sense. At a round table. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. and then that was when Abishai fought that woman, that blind woman at the well. And you're like,
0: great, I love that story. Beat the shit, pummeled her to death.
1: Beat the <laughs> fucking shit out of her. She cut line. She didn't know there was a line, but still.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, that sounds too cool for these guys
1: to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're like, you're like, oh, everyone loves that story. All the kids when it's bedtime, they're like, tell me about the blind woman at the well that cut line that got kicked. And he's like, yeah. That's my favorite, Shit. and then now they're Shit just kind rocks. of referencing it, like you know, yeah. It, it would make sense if that were the case. I assume so, but from the, from just what we're reading, I'm like, cool. And then there was a guy who opened a door really hard and ripped it off its hinges, and everyone was like, whoa. And that's the so only neat. that's the only facts we have about his life. So cool.
0: Yeah, it tells us that it just kind of gives us some random exploits of these guys. Like haya uh, he uh, killed an Egyptian who was five cubits tall, which is seven and a half feet tall.
1: Yes. <laughs> Fucking a big old Egyptian boy. Yeah. That's
0: a big ass Egyptian. Um uh, yeah, yeah, just stupid shit. I don't know. It's
1: fun, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So so basically it's like by the way, uh David was in Hebron, he took basically his early philadelphia and he's like we got to make a real capital we're going to uh you know dc or whatever the fuck uh but we're gonna make jerusalem the real capital so he takes it and names it the city of david because a fortified city and then it's just talking about and then these were his 30 mighty men we're only gonna name i don't know some of them just know that there was 30 we're gonna talk about a couple of uzziah funny that um you know Uriah's in there yeah uh, and it's just like it doesn't and then, really go
0: into uriah's background though huh
1: yeah I mean, we talked about him initially that he was one of the mighty men, but it doesn't, for some reason, it just seems to skip over. And then Uriah, who saved David's life three times, like, I'd be like, oh, that's no good. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah. Like, we uh, we know how Uriah's story ends, but yeah. I guess this is not a time to call attention to David's faults. Just make him sound cool. That's all yeah, we're doing like, is And then he had
1: up. Uriah the Hittite, who was really cool, nothing more. I don't, I don't think anything really happened with that. End,
0: end of his story. Yeah. Um, in case you're not getting it, the joke is that Uriah's wife was Jezebel, who – wait, Jezebel? No, no Bathsheba. No, no. Bathsheba, yeah. but Yeah, Uriah's wife was Bathsheba, who David had Uriah killed so that he could steal. Now, um, that's the end of Chapter 11. So that introduced his 30 core warriors. Now, in Chapter 12, we're cutting back – so he's on Hebron in that story. Chapter 12, we're cutting back to when he was in Ziklag, which is before Saul died. So – yeah, it
1: uh, doesn't make sense. Really it,
0: frustrating. So, But it Ziklag is basically Philistine territory. David went there, was accepted with open arms because he was seen as a rebel against Saul. Enemy of my enemies, my friend. Right.
1: Yeah. They were like, who's this famous anti-Semite,
0: David? <laughs> <laughs> who's known for doing what? Killing our greatest warrior? Hmm. Yeah. yeah should be yeah, fine. Yeah, bring him in. It, it, him. it, is, it, it is kind of a weird because they're like, here's the
1: story of when David took a city with his army. And then it's like yeah. – and this was David's generals who he collected after he had an army already. And then yes. chapter 12 was like – and then here's how he built that army.
0: Uh, it's really – just the timeline is off and, and we
1: kind And of, we kind of mentioned this in, in 1 Samuel, I think, where to, to sum up this kind of part is David was living as an exile and he's just kind of a rallying cause for disaffected bums. You know, yeah. That he, he's amassing a force, but it's just kind of a force of people who are like, I'm sick of Israel. I'm going to start my own thing. The first Proud Boys.
0: Is yeah, I would, I would say him. bums. I would say violent assholes. <laughs> yeah, like, Proud Boys, the Proud Boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was, this Bandits. was the first,
1: this was the first uniting the right movement of
0: really David was.
1: in exile being like, don't worry, we're going to deal with those liberal elites in Jew, in, in Jew up there.
0: Yeah. David getting in his uh, charger, <laughs> I mean, chariot. And driving into crowds of Jews. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, just, I just imagine David butt-fucking himself with a dildo to prove he's not gay. And then being like, we're going to gonna have to do something about those liberal Jew elites back in Israel. And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's David. David's def- definitely a piece of work, especially at this stage. He actually, uh, and let's get into it. So it's, it's telling us about, in chapter 12, it's telling us about um, men that were coming to David while he was in Ziklag in exile. So it kind of goes through a list of like all these people and their lineage. Um, it talks about different tri- groups from different tribes that defected to him. So some Gadites came to him at his stronghold out in the wilderness where he was like this desert prince. Because um, remember, at this point, he had already been anointed by Sam- Samuel? Samuel or Elisha. Samuel. Okay. No, it would have been Samuel.
1: Elisha was well, well after so but, he was
0: anointed by Samuel, so he is, in God's eyes, the king, which is why this is a very interesting dynamic between I, him and Saul.
1: That's a very – the whole thing of David versus Saul is kind of weird. So Saul fucked up, and Samuel was like, you fucked up. God's going to destroy you and your line eventually. Yeah. You'll see. Uh, and then takes a young boy named David, douses him in oil like priests do, takes you in private, douse you in lube. That's, that's right. Um, and then Samuel just leaves. And then David happens to have a couple of events that allow him to rise to power. But he was anointed king, you know, as decades, yeah, as a child, as a baby, yeah, uh, you know, not a yeah. baby, but a, a young boy. He was anointed king. I don't think there's any indication that like he's king now. He's just like destined, you know. It's a it's a blessing. It's whatever, you know. It's a prophetic sort of blessing. So I, the fact that he was living in exile wasn't like God's like you're the king. I think it was just like you're going to be king.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess, but and, I mean semantics. And, and
1: I feel that way because of reading Kings and the way God would like be like, listen, you fucked up, and like, a, but he always does time delay retribution.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You
1: know? You're technically so, in charge and you're going to live 50 years, but don't worry, your kids are going to get it bad. You know, so
0: it, you know. Yeah, and dead. Let's- I don't
1: think. The, I don't. Th- <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think the cutoff is the second God makes that decision. He he. It has to go through some bureaucracy in heaven or some shit.
0: Fair. So he's out there. He's in Ziklag. We've got Gadites defecting to him. It's listing all these dudes' names, which obviously we don't care. Um, like, it kind of gives you the hierarchy of, of who was his chief warrior and who was under them. Um, it tells you about uh, some Benjamites that came and some men from Judah that came to join David. So you, they're just hemorrhaging soldiers, basically, from Israel, from surrounding areas. Um, and David is just kind of soaking these guys up and amassing force.
1: Yeah. Essentially Israel is doing it. Israel, first of all, is a unified country at this time, just as a reminder, uh, yes. David is living as a bandit king out in the desert and people are crossing the Jordan, fleeing Israel to come live with him as a bandit king in the hills, you know, kind yes. of a, um, I don't know, Osama bin Laden type.
0: Very much. Um. Before he got famous and did his, you know, yeah. piece de resistance. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you've got the in the meantime, David is also just doing like raids on other peoples, not on Israelites, I don't think, but just on like little, you know, whatever around the desert, uh, little civilizations.
1: He, well, he was killing allies of the philistines
0: yeah not the philistines but like their other weird buddies
1: but yeah people that were allied with the philistines and then being like yep killed a bunch of jews today and he's like you're a good boy but if we (laughs) recall to keep this secret you know because obviously it isn't like david could just start a sheep farm like his ancestors and no you know live peaceably in the mountains the only way he knows how to make money is by murdering and raping uh and keeping all his boys happy so he has to fight and kill somebody so he kills, uh, you know, Canaanites, but he has to yes. murder women and children to keep a secret because it's all about him living that lie.
0: Yes, that's right. It's uh, it's kind of disgusting. Um, in the meantime, uh, let's see, this is the part where they get David to join them, uh, the, the Philistines, to go try to take on uh, Saul, but of course he ends up being cast out of the army because all of the Philistine generals are like nervous that he's going to turn on them. So that kind of delays him getting to wipe out Saul. Rightly so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then it, it kind of just like trails off here that he's getting a bunch of guys. And then suddenly it hops back to Hebron. All right. So now we're post Saul, right? Uh, Saul has killed himself. David's in Hebron. I guess this is when Ishbosheth would have been the leader probably. yes. Yeah, so Ishbosheth is Saul's son, not Jonathan, the hot one, his mm-hmm. shittier son. Mm-hmm. Ishbosheth is ruling Israel, and David is up in Hebron, north of of Judah, and uh, it tells us in detail how many people from each tribe of Israel came to join him, and it's a lot of fucking. It people. was some. People. I didn't do the math. It
1: was an army. Who cares?
0: Yeah. 200,000, quarter million, something like that. If we cared, um,
1: and honestly, we should eventually start, I know we always say we're going to cover it in the recap, but at some point we should go back. This is going to be one of those things we should cover in the recap, where we talk about the numbers that are mentioned in Chronicles versus the numbers that are mentioned in First Samuel.
0: Yeah, uh, boring. So, we do know uh, for sure that he got a ton of guys from most of the tribes. However, Issachar, Zebulon, and Naphtali just sent him a bunch of donkeys and raisin cakes, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you need that for war.
1: Road snacks. Not it's, everybody. You know, everyone gave what they could, which is fine.
0: Yeah. Some gave cakes. all. All gave some. Oh, goddamn! damn. <laughs> uh, so that's the end of chapter 12. Yada, yada, yada. He has a bunch of warriors now. Um, and then we skip again. In chapter 13, because we're looking at a totally different story at a different time period. So now David is the king and is in Jerusalem. Okay. So again, hopping forward, Saul's lineage is now gone. Um, is are like little like vignettes kind of? I don't know how to describe it.
1: it, it, it is, it's almost as if I would describe the way that we're describing David as if someone who knew David is like working in a field. And then every now and then he thinks about him. You know? And he's like, Ooh, okay. remember that time he had those generals? oh those were the days remember that time he had an army boy those were the days and now it's like remember that time he brought the ark of the covenant back kind of you know?
0: yeah <laughs> like, it's definitely it's his like greatest hits it's we're, the we're, highlight we're talking
1: it's about a it's a it's an anthology it's a
0: a, it's, a sizzle reel they call it in the uh, ah, that's right, that's right. industry so uh yeah it's just this like bullshit but uh if you remember the story of the ark is that it was where it was in a. Uh, somewhere weird i forget i think it was in bethlehem yeah somewhere remember. stupid that it shouldn't be oh, okay but he wants it in jerusalem so he sends his boys to get it and bring it back there, there um, there's
1: a there's a unique difference and I mean we, we do want to kind of highlight some of the difference something that's mentioned in this story i don't know how important it is but wasn't mentioned originally is the first line then david consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader And said, it seems good to you. Let's go get the Ark of the Covenant back. So in the original story, David was like, you know, we should probably get the Ark of the Covenant. And then just did it. But now they're making it sound like it was other people's idea fault. Like it was a committee idea or something like that. It's just a little weird
0: difference. Yeah, And it says that he gets people from all over Israel to come help. Now, I just looked up where Kiriath-Jerim is, which is where the Ark was, by the way. And it's like... Right down the road from Jerusalem. I was gonna
1: say it was initially I can't remember where it was initially after Joshua drops it off. I almost want to say it was Bethlehem or Jerusalem. I can't
0: Yeah. I can't I remember.
1: remember. But yes, the Ark gets captured and then murders a bunch of Philistines on its own. And then remember that whole thing where they put it on a cart with some golden rats? Yeah.
0: And they're yeah, like, yeah, 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 you
1: do your own thing. And then when it shows up, it like the Jews are like, Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant's here. And they, like, kill the oxen, they burn the cart, and they're like, yeah, the Ark's here, the Ark's here. And then the Ark starts killing Jews, and they're like, okay, take that thing to Kirjoth-Jerim and get rid of it. So that's where it's been sitting. Yes, stow that shit. It had been sitting there as, like, a fucking, it might as well have been a giant tub of shit to the Jews. Like, yeah, put that thing away, get rid of it, and then then David was like, you know, that thing's super dangerous, but uh, let's bring it back into the house, you know?
0: Yeah, it's over there just Chernobyling people. I was gonna say it's like um, a
1: violet pit bull that already mauled four kids, and then you send it to your aunt who has a bunch of pit bulls too, and she like and then like you're just thinking like that dog was a good dog. Remember how he would sit up and you're like, You're ignoring a lot of things. You're you're definitely remembered it with rose tinted glasses. Like, let's bring it home. Like, I don't know, you've got a bunch of toddlers.
0: And sure enough, as they're bringing it home, they're at the threshing floor of Kidan. And one of David's boys Uzzah reaches out to t- steady the ark because it was going to fall off the fucking oxen cart. Boom! Dead. Drops fucking out. So yeah, it's a dangerous little toy that David has. Uh, Which did got we, here.
1: Whatever happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Did we mention that? I know that um, the Babylonians sacked Jerusalem, but oddly oh. absent from the end of Second Kings is talking about what happened to the Ark.
0: I, I know mean, they sacked they the temple. It down.
1: It's, reason, <laughs> it's like a big old shit in it. Um, yeah. The Babylonians definitely sacked the temple, which is where the Ark is, last we heard. But there's no mention of what they did with it. Kind of interesting. Um, if we recall from the Deuteronomy period, the, way, the reason why this happens is uh, – and this is kind of the, the – the point of the story is David's like, you know what? Let's go get the Ark of the Covenant back. They show up, good intentions, let's get the Ark. They talk with all their boys. They figure out a plan. They're going to move it. They put it on a cart because, of course, they do. And they're just bringing it back like you would anything. And just a thing. Because of that, because the cart hits a rock and it almost falls and someone steadies a hand and touches it with his bare hand, he dies. And then David realizes, I might be doing something wrong here. So they send it to a random dude that just happened to be in the area. I don't know if he's random, but
0: uh, yeah, they just make his house take it in. So his yeah. name's Obed Edom. He's a Gittite, which yeah. again, fake word. That's yeah,
1: not a, <laughs> a Gittite. Uh, that's a that's a rock that exists in quartz deposits.
0: Um, no, it's uh, Joe Pesci's character from Lethal Weapon. Okay, okay. <laughs> Gittite. That's a deep. It's a deep, cup, deep I don't cut. Deep cut. Get it. Great joke. His name is Leo Gets in it, and like that's his thing he's like Whoa. what you want leo gets who the fuck knows what pesci's name was in <laughs> lethal weapon for because it was like a whole joke that like he was making this thing uh anyways
1: i don't watch movies made by anti-semites which is a just very
0: look just look yeah, at I him get it i know I love what joe, joe pesci. pesci looks like <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: uh the point is is that he's like let's take the covenant let's go get the covenant but they don't know what they're fucking doing you know Again, yeah, it's like when you bring a pit bull into your home, you know, you don't really know what you're signing on for. Um, I do. So then it kills a guy, and they're like, "Okay, let's let's put this place, this thing, someplace safe, and let's think about this." They go back, they read the manual. Oh, it's supposed to be carried by two guys with poles or four guys with poles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, they figure it out. We just got to get a couple of the good poles, not the bad poles, and get this thing yeah. home. Which, to be but- fair, if you have four guys. Carrying it with their hands, you're not going to hit a rock. That's the most stable way think. to carry anything. Is a four guys.
0: Dun, 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 that's why we do dun, it with corpses dun. and
1: pall bears. Yeah. that's why I was and doing never, the pall bear Never fails.
0: Always yeah. works. So they've <laughs> never dropped. They <laughs> corpse drop the course. Um, but it's weird because it. Okay, so it pauses. Right, it, the ark is now at this guy's house. His house does great because of the ark. So it's not always cursed. Then we pause. That's the end of chapter thirteen. Chapter fourteen, we cut back into some random David shit. All right, we're gonna go back to the ark. Don't forget it. The ark is at this guy's house, but we're gonna we're gonna break from it. Chapter fourteen, um, David gets sent a bunch of sweet logs and rocks and carpenters and shit from the king of Tyre. All right, time to build a palace. You're right. Why not? Yeah. So let's. Uh, he he be he for he, the
1: king. He, he backburnered the ark of the covenant. He's back yes. to working on the, his renovations for his place, you know.
0: Can't blame him. Right. So he uh, starts getting that going. He's, this is when he gets a bunch of his wives. So this would have been around the time that Uriah gets killed. Because it doesn't tell us about that, but it does tell us that he has a bunch of sons born. So it lists some of his sons. Absent here is Absalom. I guess he would have already been born, maybe. Uh, um, well, and the other okay.
1: one. okay. I don't think Who's it the one mentioned that- who. So there was the children born in Hebron. Yeah. And then he moved to Jerusalem and then there were the children born in Jerusalem. Jerusalem so would have been Solomon,
0: that yeah. crew. Yeah, yeah. So Absalom would have already been born in Hebron. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, you uh, and, these and are the names of the children who we had in him. Jerusalem, Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibnar, Elisha, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. A bunch of people you, and then it gets into names that are made up, obviously. But um so the the, the sons that were shitty and wicked were born in hebron don't know what that means and then the sons that were born from women whom he raped and kidnapped and then murdered their husbands those were the good ones
0: although they also ended up sucking but we'll get to that later of course yeah okay so then by the way since david's the king now the philistines get word of that and they're like oh that motherfucker is king now so he came over pretended to be our friend was going to help us take out israel but now he is israel um I don't know. I don't really know why they're mad at him. They should see him as, like, a potential ally, considering that they gave him shelter. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, well. Politics sucks. So David,
0: David came
1: to live with them. They gave him a seat of power. He did nothing really but betray them. but kill their allies and live like a shithead and murder and rape. And then the one time, and then the second they were like, Hey, I don't think we should bring him when we fight our own people. We don't trust him. He's like, you don't trust me. Well, I'm going to go start a, I'm going to go become the fucking king of the enemies and then fight you all over again. Like, all right.
0: Yeah. Friends like these. Uh, They're raiding him. Um, He's beating the shit out of them. Of course. So this is peak David. This is like when he's going to be the best he ever is. Um, he uh god gives him some tricks to play where he like circles around i don't even remember that story i'm guessing we read it though but he he circles around and then god actually fights the philistines on his behalf and all kinds of just wild shit but whatever
1: thousand yard view of this shit um saul fought the philistines did not yeah. trust in god did his own burns went to a medium fought them lost david still fighting the philistines is like, let me ask what God wants. Let me talk to the priest. Let's see what God wants to do. God's like, don't worry. They'll be delivered in your hands. David defeats the Philistines. Yeah. So that's the key things is God. Saul didn't trust God. The Philistines defeated him. David did trust God. He defeats the Philistines. And then as sort of like a fucking victory lap, he's like, you know what? Fucking killed the Philistines. That lets me know God loves me. Let's go get that fucking ark. I'm ready now.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, he took a pill. That made him ready to perform. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's the end of chapter 14. Uh, Kicks some Philistine ass. Uh, He becomes super famous. And like Cole said, now in chapter 15, he's ready to actually get the Ark this time. Y'all, I'm going to do it. I'm going to move the Ark another two miles down the road. And Uh,
1: whereas the first, it is kind of an interesting contrast. Because the first time he gets the Ark, he fails. He went to all the leaders. Like, you know. Said, letting it be a democracy almost like the contrast of a democracy yeah. versus a theocracy first time he asks all the wise men all the leaders hey let's go get the ark is everyone cool and like okay how should we do it all We get we put on a fucking cart no big deal i've carted things and then fails and then kind of the way saul failed against the philistines and then now that he's figured out oh yeah god will help you kill people
0: and you just got to do it the God way. got to do it
1: the God So 15 is him like, okay, let's get the fucking Levites. Let's get the Kohathites, the Gershonites, the Meraris. And let's actually go get the Ark of the Covenant the way God says to get the Ark of the Covenant.
0: You know? Yes. So this time, what does he do? He employs, as Cole just said, the Levites. Only they can carry it. They forgot that somehow over the, over the fucking years. Because remember all that shit we did in what? was it Exodus or Leviticus or Numbers or somewhere we talked about how to carry it and what kind of like poles you got to have. Somewhere in there, there Numbers, Deuteronomy,
1: I mean, they'll fucking bleed together. But um, yeah, there, so then we, you have there's golden rings on the side of the Ark of the Covenant that you thread poles through to carry yeah. it.
0: Which they can't be gold because right, that would just break. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it lists all the descendants from the different Levite clans right? Boring numbers again. So we're talking about Kohathites and Gershonites and Hebronites and all these guys. And a bunch of, you know, a few hundred from each group are basically divided up and given to the job of taking care of this fucking ark. So they got a tent built for it. They got the whole carrying situation set up. Um, Now, David uh, gets a bunch of his Levites together, has them consecrate themselves. We're doing it the, the God way now. And of course it works. Um, he then, go- David being a music guy, right? He's a real fucking, uh, what are those guys? Like a, a, I don't know. He thinks he's real cool because he knows all the like Hipsters. sweet. Yeah, he's a fucking hipster. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Yeah. Um, so he basically gets together uh, li- guys that play lyres and harps and simples and it really digs into like who made up his band. I think it's kind of funny.
1: It, it yeah, is kind but, of funny because well we I, I feel like we just talked about this last episode where we talked yeah, about we talked
0: about music yeah where he so. was like it was like
1: a family business and there's a couple of Levite children that you do music now they're like I don't want to do music <laughs> I want to dance they're like fuck you you little shit you play the but this is the, funny
0: because it goes into who played the cymbals it tells you who played the lyre who played the harp it tells you who was doing the singing it was really actually important. one guy. Yeah. Kenanaya, the head Levite, was in charge of singing because he was good at it. That's all it says. Like, <laughs> he had the voice of an angel, like Will Ferrell yeah uh, Step Brothers. Yeah.
1: Or, so, uh,
0: nope, that's it. That's the only voice of an angel <laughs> I've ever heard of. It also tells us who the doorkeepers were for the Ark. Like, I don't get why. Why does we have to know that guy's name?
1: It is weird that this is here. Like, the mighty men who killed lions, great. The guy who played yeah. cymbals, don't care.
0: Yeah, maybe I care about that. That's kind of neat. But the doorkeeper for the arc, like literally going into the guy that was the bouncer. So
1: we're trying to tell the
0: story. It feels like fanfic.
1: Like maybe the great great grandson of that guy was in the audience, and then we all know who carried Uh, the door, right? And he's just like winking at people. He's like, "I'm gonna get my grandpa. I'm gonna get so laid tonight. People are gonna remember that. They're gonna ask questions."
0: It's just so stupid that we're trying to do this chronicles thing where it's like, all right, we're getting into the scope of what happened we want to show you everything that's happened to the Israelites up to this point we're in exile we need to record our history and then they're like getting off track suddenly we're like okay yeah there was these guys and these guys and Saul and David oh and let's make sure we talk about the doorkeeper and let's make sure we talk about the guy that played symbols for David's band like I I don't see what the point of it is like on Uh, a lot of stuff we say that about but this is fucking crazy
1: it it is it it is I mean because first of all if we're gonna talk about trivial bullshit that doesn't really matter. Yes. You kinda of wonder why. There's a bunch of other things if you were just trying to fill time <laughs> and you know, and hit this word count limit for this essay of a book, you know, yeah. like, and then the guy that carried the symbol, like you don't have anything better? Aren't you guys fighting some wars? Isn't there a guy that <laughs> dug a well? Is there not you know, is there not nobody more important? The guy that hold the door open? Like, all right. The the doorman? Is- no one cares about doorman. You spit on them.
0: Yeah, that's what they're there for. Right. Spit spit cups. Um, I don't know. And then it talks more about uh, he goes to his commanders that brought the Ark up. Uh, you know, God, God finally helped them. Uh, he gets a fancy robe to wear. I don't know. It's just so- showing that David is settling into his kingship right now. He's got the Ark. He's got his band set up. He's the king. He dealt with the Philistines. You know, all is well. I think that's kind of the outro. Yeah. Verse I, I think it's all like, 15. it's
1: all like, and this is how you do it, boys. You bring the Ark of the Covenant back, you kill seven bulls, you kill seven cows. God, uh, David, who isn't a Levite, was so godly that he was allowed to wear the linen of Fods, save for head priests.
0: You know? Yeah, that's right. That you know? is why it is. It's like when
1: uh, JFK got buried in Arlington. You know? You're like, you didn't really earn that, but that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh David comes into the city dancing like a maniac even though he's wearing these fancy clothes and if you'll remember uh and chapter 15 actually ends on this ominous note uh that Saul's daughter Macau which was David's first wife right uh they got passed around some but she's back to him now he <laughs> is what she's watching David dancing and she's just getting pissed like look at this little like yeah. pretty boy
1: I got I got torn away from my husband whom I loved for 20 years to watch yes. this little fairy dancing around the street
0: yeah quite a nonce yeah. i think they say in britain
1: <laughs> this is Belland. yes <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so that's how we end chapter 15 i think that's enough reading for today Yeah, Yikes. this will be a short app
1: even though we covered S- five chapters which is how i like I, I i'm liking that that's how we're gonna i think continue to do chronicles it's the only way i yeah. can physically handle it
0: i feel like we could probably bump this book out in another two three episodes easy we'll fucking do it but uh, maybe two
1: yeah so so yeah uh do things god's way things work out do things not god's way he'll cut your head off
0: that's that's right god the bible sucks and And also
1: don't (laughs) let women tell you know if you know don't let women tell you you can't dance is also that's right
0: yeah fuck you bitch yeah hell yeah brother uh dudes rock (laughs) um i don't know they they deserve all the power look at this bitch trying to tell
1: michael this one man army one woman army uh representing the old people from footloose you know, just like, hey.
0: <laughs> i'm i'm mad that he's happy typical wife status. that guy that killed uh, my
1: husband and father what a you know well you can't be happy for him you bitch
0: and brothers and everything else yeah. right yeah i don't know it's insane she is definitely uh a slave it's rough trafficked um it was a yeah this was a horrible read so again just to kind of sum things up we came into this story with Saul's death. We talked about David's random uh, adventures, right? Yeah. And in Hebron, and in, uh, Zeb, or what was that? Ziklag. So it's hard to it's hard to put my thumb on why we're doing these specific things, um, but uh, someone thought it was important I that mean, we uh, I, reiterate these. I, I,
1: if I had to take a minute and like look at it again this is kind of coming up to the authorship of chronicles this was written after they had been liberated by cyrus the great and they're re almost sort of recontextualizing their history sure so whereas the original story had a lot more of like god punishing saul and all the wickedness they did and every time they fucked up god hurting them This is kind of just like, oh, yeah, there was a guy named Saul. Whatever. He wasn't a good boy. And then there's comes David. Good boy, David. You know what it's like when God loves you, right? I mean, you get to, you know, imagine being able to come back to your home, even though some oppressors have taken it from you. Mm, Must feel good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely highlighting the things that are important to their values at this time that make them feel better about themselves as a people. Right. They're leaving off some of the uh, shady shit because they need to pick me up. Right. You know. Yeah. That's right. I love the that, idea that of
1: like the writers of the Bible trying to look for a scapegoat and then kind of choosing sure. the Benjamites, you know, like Saul's <laughs> yeah. line. They're like, you know, those, uh, you know, all our problems are really because of Benjamites. If you think about yeah. it, if you really think about what they did to us as a society and what they continue to do and the kind of people they are, them Benjamites. There's a bunch of
0: sneaks. I'm, I'm sure we but can it's... find
1: someone to look down on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Those rat-like Benjamites. <laughs> You'll always find somebody, won't you? Yeah. humanity is is awful i hate it what's uh, our
1: what's our twitter handle
0: yeah if you don't already you can follow us on twitter at bible pimps and if you want to send us an email no one ever has but if you want to send us an email a revelations podcast at gmail.com if we don't get an email by episode 150 i'm deleting our email address
1: uh <laughs> There is one thing I wanted to mention since no one's listening anymore. This is the end. But uh, so we talked about our trace a object, right?
0: Oh, yeah. As The a ones where you like to, uh, help trafficking victims yeah, and stuff. Yeah,
1: help trafficking victims. Do you identify this shirt? Do you identify this porch? It's a good way that anyone can kind of help fight uh, sex trafficking, right? Yes. I have one more that I want to talk about that I actually is a, is a favorite of mine that okay. anyone can do. It's called. There's a new app called Traffic Cam. T R A F F I C K Cam. And basically, I think the way it works, uh, I used it once a while ago. I I never, I never travel anymore. But you take a photo whenever you go to a hotel room. You take a photograph of the room and you upload it to the app because a lot of sex traffickers do their porn in hotel rooms. That by I, you know, it, it adds it to a database so that they can track down where the fucking things were filmed.
0: And you can- that, that gives me a thought. Which one do you think is worse? Mm. Traffic with a C or traffic <laughs> with a K?
1: <laughs> I would love it if they could somehow be like se- traffic sex crimes and there's a Z in there for some reason and you're like, yeah, that's fucking radical.
0: Well, no, I mean, which one is worse for you as an individual whenever you are on the interstate and run into traffic or the fact that people are being trafficked around oh, the world?
1: Uh, hmm. I'm going to go with the one that affects me directly.
0: Yeah with street traffic. Yeah, but wait, that's what I mean. <laughs>